Welcome to the Church of Mavis radio show. It's Friday night. We haven't been nuked by Pootie yet. We're still alive. Marching to the apocalypse. You're listening to United Public Radio 107.7 FM New Orleans. We got Wham here with us tonight. Hello. Uh, our guest, uh, Jonathan Hunt for the Trick or Treat Tarot with Barbara Moore and uh, Llewellyn. It's very nice, uh, very cool. Has a lot of uh, kind of like dark comedy, you know, and, and the art with it is a good mix. And, uh, really have enjoyed looking at it. Let me just say something real quick about the guests for this Halloween lineup. I try to make the Halloween lineup the craziest, coolest thing ever. <coughs> Excuse me. Next week, Freighter Tenebris. The Dark Side of Paganism. Uh, October 21st, Steven Snyder. That's a friend of Stephanie's. He's serial killers, like Zodiac Killer and weird stuff. He also deciphers and makes fun of QAnon and break down all that craziness. Uh, so that's not something I make fun of it all the time on the show, but I've never had someone like professional make fun of it. So <laughs> I didn't know that was a job, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of his things in his bio. So yeah, it's one of his, his traits for sure. Uh, October 28th, the big Halloween show, Denny Sargent, werewolf pack magic. So werewolf show on the 28th. And this book, he does like lycanthropy, weird magic from Llewellyn. It's called uh, Werewolf Pack Magic. I think he's a werewolf. He showed me an altar in his house, like werewolf stuff. He kind of looks like one. He's a teacher. I think he might, <laughs> it might be the real deal. Is it a so, full moon that night? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. But uh, interview with a werewolf. So looking forward to that. Oh, I want to. I've been watching an interview with the vampire on AMC. I like it so far. Some of the scenes are a, a bit much, you know, I don't care if people, you know, dudes are into each other. I'm not, but it, you know, sometimes it's hard to watch for me. That was, there's some, uh, it was in, uh, what's the hardcore <laughs> that way, but I still like the show. They're kind of like that in the books. I've read all the books since I went through chemo when I was 17. And I mean, I'm not kind of naive, but I guess they've always kind of been like that. The, you know, male on male vampire. Like I explained to someone, it's kind of like in her books, there's male, female, and then vampire is like a whole nother sex or something. Like, because they don't really, I guess, have like sex, sex, it's blood. But there's definitely some male on male Lestat Louis scenes that I'm sure a lot of people, you know, Oh no, the Christian Coalition. It's like the that little demon show. There I saw this newsletter going around about that. Day DeVito's the devil in it. It's a cartoon by the Rick and Morty people. And it's it's pretty crazy. But uh they were passing around this thing sign against it. The Antichrist is in this show and demons and dismemberment and all this crap. I was like, Well, I'm really gonna watch it now. <laughs> is it still that easy to get promo yeah. just by doing stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, but the funny thing is they uh <clears throat> were trying to make it seem like it was on Disney Plus, it's on Hulu. It's not on Disney Plus. They were like, oh, the children. And it's not even on Disney Plus. Disney owns Hulu, but Little Demon is not on Disney Plus. And they were selling it in these little right wing crazy, 
you know, Panama City hump hump crazy <laughs> coalitions. That's from uh, as good as it gets, Jack Nicholson situation. But anyway, they were trying to say it was on Disney Plus and the children. It's on Hulu. It's not on Disney Plus. Disney owns Hulu, but it's probably like an adult animation in Hulu with Rick and Morty and stuff. So I was like, the whole thing was a lie. But anyway, uh, it's worth watching. But yeah, there's boobs and crazy. You know, Danny DeVito's in it. So, hey, you can't go wrong there. But it's good to have you here, Jonathan. How's it going? Yeah, it's good to be here. Hey, we were discussing the hurricane earlier. We are very lucky. I hope people can you know, work things out on the west coast of Florida. Yeah, I remember looking at the <clears throat> weather maps when Michael was coming at us. And it was the most terrifying thing to see that map and this thing <laughs> coming at you. And the craziest thing about Michael is... I thought it was over, and like a dummy went outside. Turns out I stood in the eye. Oh, yeah. And then I, I saw some trees move. I ran inside, and then the rest of it came. Wow. So I was like in the eye for like maybe three minutes or something. I, it was very calm, so I thought it was over. I don't are, know a lot about it. Are you up near the wolf preserve there in the Panhandle? I believe so, yeah. We went there, and, and Michael happened not long after that, and it wiped out that the caves up there. and <laughs> That was sad. Yeah, the the crystal cave, the that crystal. I forget what the caverns were. That looks yeah. like you know, I've been to those. I hit my head on that ceiling and bled. Yeah, <laughs> but, I wore a hat. So <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful though for sure. But I want to go to that wolf preserve. It's kind of expensive. I was surprised. I'll check it out one yeah. year maybe, but not right now. It was worth it though. I took a bunch of pictures. I've been using them for reference. So <laughs> yeah, nice. I want to do it some year. I think something happened, and now it's this one particular part of it's expensive but later they're bringing back the, the more economical version or something yeah. something happened weird but i want to i want to check that out sometime but yeah i am close to that i'm near alabama and all that stuff and uh dothan alabama is about 15 minutes away or okay. something i'm right on the board we get cold weather so that's good i'm glad we get 20s up here Oh, it hit 85 today. I was happy with that. <laughs> yeah. How cold does it normally get there? Does it get that cold? Uh, in the wintertime, I mean, it might get down to the 50s, maybe the 40s, oh, briefly yeah. for a minute. <laughs> That's something. Here we get 20s, 30s, so it's pretty good. So what got you involved with the trick-or-treat tarot? Is this the first time you've worked on a tarot? It is. I've, I've been involved with a lot of, you know, kind of dark subject matter monsters. I always loved that stuff as a kid. And the funny thing is I've worked for Llewellyn in the past. Um, I've done book covers for them and, and a couple different projects, but that was years ago. And uh, Barbara, the author, got in touch with me via email and said she had seen my work on my website. And she had presented my work to Lynn, who was the art director at the time at Llewellyn, and said, I found this guy's work. I really want him to work on this deck with me. And Lynn said, oh yeah, he's a great guy. I've worked with him before. Sure. <laughs> and Barbara was like, okay. <laughs> and that's how I got the job. How long did it take to do that? That's one for every card. That's a lot of art. Yeah. And we really wanted it to not be one of those cop-out decks where the, the miners were all just simple pictures. We wanted the whole thing to be very consistent. So it, it was about two years from start to finish between wow. sketching and approvals and then doing the final art. How many cards is it? like 72 or something? 78. 78? Yeah, 78. Yep, 78. The art is really good, though. I mean, in the way that, you know, it's just kind of like dark comedy. I like dark comedy, so. 
uh, that was perfect for me when Barbara described the deck. I mean, she wanted it to be kind of a nostalgia thing. So it's, it's not monsters per se, but it's people dressed as monsters, dressed as characters. So we wanted to have that kind of Norman Rockwell thing, but like a dark twist to it. Yeah. Yeah. Elvis in there. Yeah. Yeah. That <clears throat> I have something that looks kind of like Frank from, um, Donnie Darko. You know, there's a bunch of little Easter eggs and kind of pop, pop culture references. The devil one, the devil chick. That's good. That's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Dracula. Dracula. Got all kinds of cool stuff for sure. And uh, once, I mean, the art, once you see it, it really is beautiful. Like it's really well made. Thank you. And the, the pictures online and stuff don't do it justice until you really look at it and see it. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, Llewellyn did a really good job of printing it. I was actually pleasantly surprised when I got the deck because my work tends to be kind of dark, physically dark, <laughs> and sometimes printers have an issue with that, but they kept the colors nice and saturated and bright, and that was important to us too. That It's not just scary looking. It had to be fun and scary. <laughs> yeah, definitely. How long have you been doing art? Well, I've been professional illustrator since 1988 so it's been a while was it something you grew up wanting to do and it just kind of happened or uh, what, what was the origin story the, the origin story the origin story uh, i think like most kids i went through all the different phases of not knowing what i wanted to do I wanted to be a forest ranger then i found out oh you actually have to get a degree you just don't hang out with the animals all day <laughs> and i realized you know, i was drawing all the time and somebody in high school my guidance counselor said so what do you want to do with your life i was like i don't know i said uh, well you draw all the time you could do that and I said, what people pay me to do that yeah that's a career <laughs> and i actually met up with a the guy who lived in my town, I didn't realize he was there. He was working for Heavy Metal and was doing a lot of different cartoons. He had redesigned all the G.I. Joe packaging back in the 80s. So nice. I visited his studio and said, yeah, I'm doing this for a living. <laughs> so that was really my origin story there, and I never looked back. What are some of the things you've done? Have you ever done comics, or has that hasn't come up yet? I started out after right after art school. I was doing some uh, horror, you know, small press magazines, and I did children's books. I wrote and illustrated children's picture books for a while. Nice. Uh, a lot of them were kind of medieval themed or fantasy and kind of folktale. And I moved from there to science fiction and fantasy, book covers, magazines, a few games I've worked on. Cool. But it's all been that same theme of kind of fantasy, horror, sci-fi. When you say games, do you mean like a board game? I've done some board games, some role-playing games. Uh, there was an online game I worked on where I was designing characters for them. So mostly stuff that was printed and not like computer games. Cool. Did you know a lot about tarot? Have you messed with tarot before or is this your... It's, it's funny. It? I've, I've always loved the symbology of tarot, the imagery of it. I've looked at a lot of decks and I know people that have done tarot decks, but I was never involved in making one. And so working with Barbara was fantastic because she's an expert and she's also very open about the subject matter. So she would give me a description, cut me loose, let me do whatever I wanted with the description. And we'd always refer back to the writer weight deck. So it had like kind of a structure to hang on. And then she would look at what I did in the sketches, maybe alter some of her writing, give me some suggestions. So it was very collaborative in that way, but having her to kind of check, check me and get my back and make sure I was getting the, the symbols correct. It was really helpful. 
Yeah. And uh, I've uh, looked at the Llewellyn Tarot for a while. I collect decks, but they have that thing online where the free ones. Yeah. Have you ever seen that there? I've been using that forever, but it's basically like the whole decks, except they're just online. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorites ever is this uh, King Arthur Legend Tarot that's really good that they put oh, yeah. out. I love that one. It's been out for a while, right? Yeah, well, it's weird because when it first came out, it was not expensive. But now, and I had one, but something happened to it. So I had to go try to find another one. Now it's like hundreds of dollars. I'm like, what? <laughs> it might be out of print. So yeah. People on like eBay are really happens. cleaning up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like when that happens. <laughs> There's some good Brian uh, Froud ones. You know, dude, the oh, yeah. crystal. There's some that get expensive because those went out of print that are really good. He was one of my influences when I was growing up. I just had, you know, the, the fairies book and you know, Alan Lee and Brian Froud. All that. Oh. That dude's like really pulling from the fairy realm or something. <laughs> like some of his mm-hmm. stuff. Like he's really uh, peering in there and pulling stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are some pretty amazing uh, situations. I know Dark Crystal. Like. <laughs> yeah, Dark Crystal was based on all that. Mm-hmm. That was really good. I love the movie. They had the show, but for some reason they're not doing any more of them. I don't know why, but it's probably too expensive. I know yeah. um, Brian Froud's son, I think, worked on that show too. So the whole family's involved. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I love looking at that stuff. It was amazing. I wish they'd do some more for sure. Uh, one of the creepiest decks I have is uh, the Necronomicon by Donald Tyson Tarot. I haven't seen that one. It's spooky. <laughs> Like, it's yeah. uh, you're almost afraid to use it. Like, it's so weird. <laughs> it's the Necronomicon. It's, yeah. it's definitely. and But he actually writes books that somehow is a magical system for all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It's weird. But well, the thing I, that I always found funny is that everyone's uh, creeped out by the Necronomicon. It's just. H.P. Lovecraft just invented it. It's not a real book. <laughs> yeah. And then they. Well, the thing that made it creepy is those Simon Paperback books. Mm-hmm. Those little weird, like, magic books. Do you ever seen? It's like a paperback Necronomicon. It's got yeah. supposedly Peter Lavenda and a bunch of people were involved that made it. There's yeah. controversy of who made it. But those, for some reason, those books creep me out. But And then they have a creepy story about the Son of Sam and UFO sightings in the intro. Like, they just try to creep you out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Like, I've heard yeah. people tell stories of getting rid of that book and finding it again in their house and weird stuff. I don't know how true any of it is. Well, I've always loved stuff like that. And, like, people like Mike Mignola plays with, like, the H.P. Lovecraft mythos and old folk tales. So, like, when you read his stuff, you, you feel like this is something that could be real. But, like, Hayao Miyazaki, too. Like, he just kind of makes up all this stuff. Yeah. It feels like it, it just resonates somehow. His art is really good. I've been trying to get some Hellboy comics, and it's kind of hard to just start getting those. Uh, luckily, a lot of them are one-shots. So yeah. Well, they're all in trade paperback now, too, luckily. Yeah. I may need to get that, the big one, and check that out, because I've always loved Hellboy. He's doing that Frankenstein thing, too. I need to catch up on those. Mm-hmm. Comics is a dangerous pit that I fell into in the last few years that I need to run away from. I love it, but it's just too too much almost <laughs> like there's so much <laughs> yeah it's just too much i mean i have a shelf behind me where i have just books and comics that i bought because they were great and i haven't had a chance to read them yet <laughs> yeah that's a lot of mine too it gets it gets you carried away uh and then all the variant crap like there was just there's a batman spawn coming out by mcfarland and 
Capello or whatever in December, and they're already like going for a hundred bucks for all thirteen covers. Like 13 there's thirteen covers. covers. There's, there's actually more covers than that, and the prices go up to five grand. I thought all that stuff ended in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I guess rich nerds buy the five grand bundle. I got the ninety-nine dollar one when I shouldn't have. That was too much for me. But there was like a five thousand dollar one on there, and people wow. were buying it on eBay. I was like, God! I should pull out my original Batman and Spawn that McFarlane did. It's probably worth something. <laughs> yeah, those are. Uh, there was one by Frank Miller, and then the other one. I think I, I know he's uh, McFarlane was involved in them, but well, I know one was Frank Miller too. And there's another one called War Devil. So there's two other Batman spawns, and this will be the third one coming out in December, okay. like the third weird. Uh, crossover uh or something now where harley quinn dies where that issue's going pretty fast so i try to grab weird stuff like that that might be worth something in the future you know stuff like that but probably never sell them probably croak and have all these comics and never sell them <laughs> but but uh so what uh what did you learn about the tarot when you're going through all this and did you feel like the particular let's say you're doing the death card did it make you feel dreary i mean did you feel certain things the devil card the death card i mean that had to be fun for you right <laughs> uh, speaking of creepy my circuit breaker just went off <laughs> oh, as we say the devil in the death card can you still see me okay because otherwise yes <laughs> yes i um it, it's funny i i would get into every card because of there's certain things associated with it i can't say i like felt you know, particular energy as I was creating it, but I definitely felt the meaning behind each card. I would get into it. And I, after a while, each card would start to flow as I was sketching. Like I'd start off not quite having an idea. And then as I got into it, more and more symbols would come to mind, stuff that w weren't mentioned in the descriptions. And I would have to run it past Barbara, but she's like, oh yeah, that would be perfect. And I was like, wow, I don't know where these ideas are coming from. So in that sense, maybe, you know, the, the deck itself was influencing what I was coming up with. And I'm actually working on another deck now and I'm, I'm feeling that same thing. It kind of is hard to start each card, but then when I get into it, I don't want to stop. Yeah. Well, keep us on the loop in that one. I don't know if you could say anything about it right now, but let me know in the future for sure, whatever it is. Is it still through Llewellyn? It'll be through Llewellyn. Okay, 2024, cool. that'll be out. Cool, cool, cool. Keep an eye out for sure. Yeah. One of the things uh, I want to bring up since we're talking about tarot, and maybe Wham can add some insight. Wham's got the dark too. It's like I was, yeah. but I couldn't see your, the tarot, so I had to turn on this light, which I hated. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just, it's just the, the direction that my stupid computer's in. I've just got this light right above me and behind me. It's fine. Uh, I, I like mine it. better now. It's creepier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But one thing I wanted to say, and maybe Wham could make up some insights. I've noticed lately a lot of people, and I didn't know this was a thing, associate my sign Capricorn with the devil card. And if you see them on you know, YouTube doing their tarot and stuff, my fiance watches that stuff all the time. They're always like Capricorn, devil this, devil that. And then I looked it up on Google. And it comes up like that, like devil card, Capricorn. Really? <laughs> and, yeah. And I was just, uh, what is it? Have you, have you always heard that wham or is that something? That well, that's, well, that's, that's kind of a, 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 it's kind of a middle. It has to do with, there was, there was this attribution or this relationship in the past 
between um, Capricorn or the planet Saturn more than anything else. The planet Saturn and goats in general, kind of. Um, and how goats during the Renaissance, you know, you have that image of Baphomet on the on the throne. And yeah. my understanding is that that rendering dates from like the late Middle Ages, and there's some question about like where it comes from. But that's when the that's when that picture started being circulated a lot. I mean, some people have associated it with a Knights Templar. I have no idea actually where it comes from. Yeah. Um, Stylistically, it looks like that. Yeah, it's, not, it's it's like an iconic representation of some yeah. type, and and you and and I think that if I remember right, it might have appeared or been been used as a description in widely printed books during the early during the uh, late Renaissance books like the Malleus Maleficarum, you know, stuff like that. So there was a relationship that was established between Saturn and goats and the devil. And the devil card um, is actually a Saturnian card. It's sort of a, a card that straddles Capricorn and um, Aquarius. It's, kind of, it's almost like that cusp, um, you know, unusual things, breaking their bonds, that sort of tension there. Um, and, you know, between institutional power and overthrowing institutional power. And so I think that that probably what you're talking about, Jeffrey, became popular in popular renditions of, of reading the deck probably in the late 19th, early 20th century. I mean, people think that a lot of the Tarot attributions of the current modern deck are ancient. Some of them are, some of them aren't. You know, the Rider White deck was first printed in the early 20th century. So it's not that old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think, frankly, it's just sort of the way, as a result of the way in which um, the Tarot has been popularized. It's kind of like, you know, how um, the death card is supposed to be a terrible card if it pops up any time, right? But the fact is, is that any, any, card reader will tell you that if the it depends on the context of, of the card and and it doesn't necessarily mean death and like physical death in fact there's only literal. there's only been one circumstance that i personally know of where that card came up and it was referring to a physical death uh a physical you know but it refers to transformation or th or or you know stepping over certain types of thresholds uh, so, but but it became associated with physical death as a result of of those of tarot cards being used in movies and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and so, I think that the devil card has probably been suffered from the same kind of stereotyping. Yeah, you know, um, makes sense. I mean, if, when you think about it, when people talk about tarot being ancient. It doesn't make sense that the devil would be in the deck because the devil didn't come along till Christianity. <laughs> well, the devil, as we understand it, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the devil as the devil as you know an enemy, and certainly in the deck, if you if you look at the whole kind of sweep of the major arcana, the the fact that the devil is there at all would is interesting because you'd think that you'd think that if it was a, a, a 
that's part of the reason why, you know, certain Christians don't like that the deck at all is because the devil is given its due, so, so to speak. You know what I mean? The devil, the devil is present and, and is considered important. So, but, but, you know, like if you get away from Western renderings of the deck, like I have a, a, a I have a Native American deck and I have like a Cathar deck and the, in, in the Cathar deck, which I think is great, is in the in the in the major arcana. They make a diff- They make a differentiation between Satan and the demiurge, and if you know about Gnosticism, and so in that deck, um, it's a deck that was done by John Matthews, by the way, Jeffrey. It's actually a great deck if you're interested in Gnosticism. It does a really good job of illustrating Cathar Gnosticism, but the demiurge, the demiurge is 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 Jehovah be, you know, the devil that's uh, because um, in Gnostic thinking, it was any being that would say, you know, I am God and I've created the world and you're not supposed to worship anybody, but me, (laughs) You you know, that's the demiurge. That's the demiurge pulling the wool over your eyes. And, and that's, you know, trying to entrap you. And so in that deck, it's actually, kind of in fact the the illustration in that deck is you know the standard interpretation of god in the sky you know the cool. bearded guy and you know the bearded old man mm-hmm. so cool thanks for the info and uh i told her ukrainian guest uh, eva uh, Marquez about the devil and the tarot and she's a Capricorn and she was like getting all sad about it and stuff. I was like, I'm getting sorry. Sad, getting all sad. She was like devil like, card. She'll be happier. I'm, I'm not sad. I'm not the devil. I said I just, you know, I didn't make no. it up. I'm just discussing it. No, Capricorn's not the devil. Yeah. One of the coolest tarot decks I have and I got it from the Kickstarter. It's a Vlad the Impero tarot. From uh, Travis yeah. McHenry, and it's really creepy. I'll have to check that out. Like it's it's like wood glyph paintings, or I don't know. I guess usually it's a, there's a million of these on eBay now. I don't see any on there, but I have the original one from Kickstarter. Uh, but the art is amazing and really creepy. I'm trying to find it. Part of the reason I think I was always attracted to tarot, just as an artist, is just there's so many different interpretations. It seems so open to like whatever spirit guides you, you know, just the fact there's a native American deck an Arthurian deck. And mm-hmm. I really love the malleability of the, the symbolism in tarot. Yeah, definitely. I think it's called Vlad Dracula tarot. Yeah. You can find it on eBay, a million of them, but it's really good. If you want to grab that one, the one I got from Kickstarter is 200 on here. Wow, but you can get it for like 25 bucks, the, the mass market one. I wouldn't mind getting the mass. The, the one I got is not color colorized. They're like oh, really? the, and the ones that are mass market are colored. So I need to get the mass market one, I guess, at some point. I'll get it one year. Uh, but it's really good. It'll freak you out. Like it's got crazy. Like he's dining at the table and dipping his blood and reenacting all the historical <laughs> you know, things from Vlad the Impaler. And it's really good. It's, it's definitely a good one. There's one with the cup that no one took because they were afraid, you know, from the town square and all that stuff, or he would impale you. Like, there, it gets crazy for sure. Nice. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. Uh, 
what was the oh it's the magician card i'm trying to which one is the uh uh sleepy hollow dude the headless horseman i just oh that's the uh the emperor the emperor Um, yeah that was actually the when barbara first contacted me um they asked me to do a sample just to make sure that I'd be right for the deck. And that was the card that I chose to do for the samples. That was the very first image I created for the deck. Was she with the, was she the one that, that came up with the, um, um, with, that came up with, uh, I guess you would call the, the uh, interpretations in the sense that, it, you know, the symbolism, you know, like coming up with the headed, the head, the headless horseman. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, on on all the images, she gave me a a breakdown of what the characters might be, and then then I would read up on on the symbolism for each card using the Rider weight primarily, and then adding symbols to that to her symbols just to kind of add some extra depth to it and and Easter eggs for people to find. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Who did she say for the lovers? That kind of reminds me of the Adams family, but it doesn't exactly look like them, yeah. but it kind of has that kind well, of vibe. That's my wife and I. <laughs> oh, okay. I was wondering. That dude to the ponytail looked familiar. Yeah. Like, who is that? <laughs> yeah, that's a cool piece of art. I, I couldn't pass that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, I've only seen like some of the pictures, you know, from, from, you know, from the ads and stuff. Yeah. So what, what are the four suits that you used the four they're the, the, the same suits as Ryder Waite Smith okay so yeah, I mean I mean are they are they you know what pentacles yeah it's pentacles wands, cups, cups swords wands okay all right I didn't know if you're you were like same. using if you were like using pumpkins or you know, no, no. Like, you know, the fifth of jack-o'-lanterns, you know, or anything like no, that. No, like the, what is it, the three of swords is, is it's an old mashed up jack-o'-lantern in the middle of the street with three plastic swords. Oh, that's, that's nice. That's yeah, so we nice. tried to take take it and like update it and, and have it thematically accurate. <laughs> the four that's of pinnacles cool. kind of looks like Papa Legba. Is that who that is? Uh, the one on the pumpkin, the dude with the skull face and all that, kind of Papa Legbush. Yeah, yeah, I was actually used my friend Rudy as inspiration for that. Cool. That's actually his dog too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I tried to make it personal in that regard. So like a lot of the details are things either from some of the models that I used or just inspiration I had. Like I have one, the um, King of Cups looks vaguely like the Gill Man from the old movies. And if you look closely, there's a, a little love note on the floor that where he's writing a love note to Millicent uh, Patrick, who is actually the designer of the original Gilman in the movie. So there's just little things like that if you if you look closely. Cool, cool, cool. And what about which one is the uh, so uh, the family with the? This kind of looks like the monster sort of, but not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that looks pretty cool. Yeah, that was one of the Pentacles cards. I don't remember which one ten or something. Yeah, I'm looking at where there's three different cards and it's got that picture, but I've seen that in here too. It's one of those, yeah. Yeah, so I definitely took those references as someone that's vaguely like Sabrina, vaguely like the Munsters, and, <clears throat> and they all look like they're wearing masks and costumes. You know, they're not meant to be real creatures. Did you get to see the new Monsters yet? 
Oh, the Rob Zombie one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. I've just seen kind of the trailers. A lot of controversy. It's worth watching. There were some times in it where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm going to keep watching. But, I mean, <laughs> I know he was passionate about it. He had, and I mean, it looks, the sets and everything are beautiful. But there were some times where something just felt kind of off. And I love all his mm -hmm. movies, usually in music. I know some of his movies are, you know, iffy. But I loved House of a Thousand Corpses and stuff. It's worth watching, but I'm not gonna say I love it. From the trailer, I'd say the gonna one hate character him, I really liked was Grandpa. Yeah, that guy. He felt the most actor. natural in the trailers. <laughs> yeah, that guy's a good actor. Uh, I forget his name, but I know he definitely did a good job. It's worth watching. Yeah. I think he's uh, gonna be at a Spooky Empire, a big convention in Orlando at the end of this month. I'm gonna be doing a table and selling the deck there. Nice. So I'll have nice. to watch the movie before I meet him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you should, and uh, it's definitely worth watching. Uh, I'm glad I saw it, but yeah, there was it was it's kind of strange in a lot of ways. But his wow, movies surprising. usually are. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but it's PG, so that's what's weird about it. But he did do some cartoon. God, what was it called? Oh, uh, I Paul that. Giamatti in it. I think that was R-rated, though. I don't think that was PG. Yeah, but uh, so he's done some kind of stuff like that. Uh, I've let me see what that is now. Super Beasto or something. It, it sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But uh, I know Paul Giamatti's in it. Uh, but it's worth watching. I don't know if there's going to be another one. <laughs> I guess it depends on how they how they how it does on uh on Netflix or whatever. Well, I'm glad it's coming out now because it's kind of a similar theme to my deck. So maybe people are going to get in the mode. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's worth watching. I don't know if I'm going to see it again any, anytime soon, but I don't well, hate on it. That's my point. Well, there's that uh, Wednesday Adams show coming out too. By Tim yeah, Burton. I really want to see that. And I, I don't have a problem with who they're casting. It's Tim Burton. You know, he Cast looks does, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was a little dis. Only movie I was a little disappointed in with him was Dark Shadows. I didn't hate it, but I wish he would have did something a little more with Dark Shadows. Yeah, like it kind of threw me for a loop. But yeah, he, he kind of overdid the camp a little bit. I mean, I understand it's when you watch it now, it is really campy. Mm -hmm. You know, when you watch it now, but the truth is, is that at the time, it was also really creepy. Yeah, I don't think he found the right balance there. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I remember we uh, watched that was like a family night movie, and we all after it ended, we all just kind of looked at each other like, "Okay, we don't know what to think about this." Yeah, yeah, it was like, especially those of us who actually grew up with Dark Shadows and watched it, you know. Yeah. You know, it's. I know uh, that new show he's keeping who Fester is going to be secret. Like he will not say who the actor is going to be. That's so. right. I haven't seen the actor yeah, at all. He's keeping oh. it under wraps. I hope it's someone really good for sure. It looks really good from what I've seen. When did it start oh, yeah. soon, doesn't it? I got to watch it. I mean, people are hating on Gomez, but I used to read all the original cartoons and he looks just like the original Gomez. Yeah, that, dude, <laughs> that dude's a good actor. Yeah. Louis Guzman, but I've seen him in all kinds of, he's usually like weird crime movies or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this isn't any different, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He's a good actor. Uh, it says Christina Ricci's in it somewhere. I don't know. Maybe oh, really? She's going to pop up, huh? Yeah, she's in it somewhere. Well, uh, she's going to be at Spooky Empire, too. I'll, I'll have to ask her if I run into her. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. And uh, 
I got so much stuff I got to catch up on. I'm behind on. I got I got six episodes of Resident Alien to watch. I love that one with Alan Tudyk. That funny oh, yeah. show. That's we we don't good. have that streaming service, so we haven't started that one yet. It's on Peacock, yeah. so that's a good. And that, those new Child's Plays are pretty good. That's on Peacock too. But the reason I got Peacock, my mom got it, so I just kind of use it. But the, the all the Halloween new movies come out. The new one, Halloween End, oh, okay. comes straight to there, so I'm going to watch that. Also, going to check out the new Hellraiser. I prefer Doug Bradley, but I'm going to watch it. I'll watch it. I mean, it looks been, good anyway. Yeah, yeah, there's been far worse Hellraiser movies, probably the, like Part Eight yeah. and stuff. After Part One, they were all good downhill yeah. from there. Yeah, I'm uh, friends uh, with David Howard Thornton, the guy that does the Terrifier Clown. Like we're oh, not okay. like best super friends or anything, but he's on my Facebook. He comes and complains about Trump on my wall. So that's a friend. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the second one comes out. That looks like crazy. Like that I've, I've never crazy. seen, but I've seen bits and pieces of it. <laughs> See it when you can. The second one's coming out and that's going to be really crazy. Definitely. Uh, he does a really good, that guy, the, the terrifier clowns kind of like the new Freddie or Jason. He's it's yeah. not often a new, horror dude comes out that gets big you know it's usually kind of you know rinses away or whatever yeah. uh but he's uh that one's, that one's getting some light so i need to see the second one but uh yeah the i mean they're kind of intense some of the kill scenes but it's a clown doing it so you adjust <laughs> that makes it better right <laughs> yeah like when he hacks somebody like a girl in half and the blade is like on her genitalia as he goes down that's like my oh, god that's rough and they I guess show that's why I missed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. see it sometime it's worth the watch uh, the monsters first yeah yeah someone said in the comments under the about the monsters on uh facebook that it reminded them of a porn parody and i was like that's kind of kind of looks like that but, but it's fun rob zombie doesn't surprise me yeah yeah uh elvira's in it yeah, but she's not she Elvira. Plays, she plays a real estate agent or something, I think. Yeah, and she turns into a witch or something, but she's not <laughs> Elvira in it. That must have cost too much. I don't know, <laughs> but no, she's like a different character. So uh, you were at Dragon Con. What? Yeah. What did you? I mean, what is that? It's mostly is it role playing? It's everything, right? TV shows. It, it's everything. I don't know if you've heard of San Diego Comic Con. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like that on the East Coast. It's in Atlanta. It was four plus massive hotels full of people. I think this year the final numbers were like sixty five thousand people. Wow! And they've actually had to lower it because they had more in the past, but it was causing problems in the city. So it was just packed people in the streets. And they had a whole building for vendors, and I didn't even get into that building. My wife and my daughter just looked at the lines and forget it. We're going to the art show. We're going to skip the vendors. <laughs> But it was a lot of fun because there were cosplayers everywhere. Um, we went to a panel on Severance. I don't know if you've seen that show. Really I saw show. it. I saw it. Yeah. It was it was yeah. worth the watch. Yeah. The, so the, it was it was everything. Everything to do with media, comics, art. As long as it was fantastical, it was represented somewhere in Dragon Con. I'm still getting over the walk into Turo love scenes or whatever. But yeah. It was it was crazy. Walking was awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's worth. They're doing a second season. I don't know That's exactly how, but Patricia Arquette. I've always liked her from True Romance. That's one of my favorite movies. You know that Tarantino one that gets crazy as hell by Tony Scott with the. 
Christian yeah. Slater and all that. But uh, she's been playing some kooky, crazy roles that doing good. There was one in particular, uh, Escape from Danamora, she's in, where she plays a true story. That's by Ben Stiller, too, by the way. Oh, Got it, you know, yeah. Check it out. It was on Showtime, so it's probably on okay. Showtime crap. But anyway, it's worth watching. It's based on a true story about this chick in a prison that falls in love and she's doing one of the dudes. And then Benicio Del Toro's sleazy self gets mm-hmm. in on the action to use her and get sex. And somehow they talk her into escaping. And uh, that's Ben Stiller. That was like his first TV show. And oh, wow. you, should, you should check it out. It's good. And it's based on a true story. But one reason I wanted to say it, and we'll, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I had this Bigfoot dude on the show. Mm-hmm. I'll have to look up his name because my memory is terrible. But he's, he told a story about those prisoners. And the police were looking for them in real life and the, when it really happened. And somehow... Two Bigfoot came up on police. I don't know if this is true or not, but it's worth the tell. It may be true. I want to see the video. Where's the dad? (laughs) Supposedly the police killed two Bigfoot. They thought it was those two dudes, and the government came out and got the Bigfoot, and then they got the two dudes later and killed one. But that was just a weird story. I was like, can you repeat that? (laughs) But I just remembered that. But, yeah, that's the other Ben Stiller show. It's worth the watch. Uh, I hear stories like that. I wonder why the government can't get its act together on simple stuff. Yeah. (laughs) But they can find uh, the Bigfoot. (laughs) Paul Dano's in it, the dude that played Riddler in the new Batman. Oh, yeah. He's the one that she's – you know, in love with or whatever, but it's worth the watch. It's good. You know, it's one what's of those funny? We just prison my shows. daughter and my wife and I just watched Little Miss Sunshine again, and my yeah. daughter's like, "That's Baldino. He was a Riddler." I'm like, "Yep, there he is." <laughs> he was crazy as hell as the Riddler. He did a really good job. He like he was just nuts. <laughs> You could just see the crazy in his face. <laughs> and uh, I'm still getting over that Joker appearance. I know they showed a little bit of it, but there's some lost mm-hmm. cuts of that dude that played the Joker. And I forget his name. I was just looking at it. I saw the outtakes. Yeah, those were. Of the Riddler thing that he yeah. did. He was talking yeah. to the Riddler. and Yeah, that was creepy. <laughs> yeah. There's also a thing that he put out where he was the Riddler and he was walking down the hallway. It's kind of cheesy, but it was like his audition thing. But I guess they talked him into doing Joker or whatever. But I'm, I hope he's the Joker in the next one, the second one or whatever. Uh, a lot of got, Yeah, there's so many you can't keep up. Now we got Lady Gaga and Joaquin Phoenix in the next one, which, I mean, I like the first one. So it should be good. The guy seems like he's pretty good at making movies. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, yeah. For sure. I still want to see the Joaquin Phoenix Napoleon movie by Ridley Scott. <laughs> like Joaquin Phoenix is going to be Napoleon. Oh, I was going to say that's not out yet. I hadn't even heard of it. Yeah, it's it's there. There's he's pictures. intense enough to do that. <laughs> there's pictures of him as a uh, Napoleon around that you could see online. But uh, so, what do you remember? What what kind of things as a a fan of, or did you see at Dragon Con that you enjoyed? Was I mean things that you enjoy or your family? You know, certain things. Well, my daughter does some cosplay, so she had an outfit for every day, of course, and so it was fun going around seeing how everyone was dressed up. My own personal main thing was the art show. They have it divided up into vendors where they have more products, and then the art show is almost like a big gallery show with artist tables and kind of like a, a gallery down the center of the convention hall. 
and you get to talk to all the artists. And I knew a few of the people that were there. So I had a, a chance to talk to them and, and just kind of touch base. And of course, I want to try to set up there next year. So I wanted to get the inside scoop on how they're being treated and how sales were and so forth. Uh, the art side of it has always been most important to me. Art, movies, you know, all the visual stuff. Definitely. Uh, and uh, who are some of the other artists that maybe influenced you growing up as far Ooh. as, you know, is there particular ones? For oh, some reason I'm thinking about Edward Gorey. That's a good one. I still oh. want to get some of his art books. Yeah. Edward Gorey, Charles Adams for cartoons. I mean, I was a weird kid. I, my mother would take us to the library and I'd be taking out Charles Adams books. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Alberto Vargas, you know, all those pinup artists, Frank Frazetta, of course. Um, I loved Rembrandt and Caravaggio. So I love, you know, dark lighting, you know, kind of like I look right now. <laughs> um, Boris Vallejo, Michael Whalen a little later on. Um, What's his name? It's a Polish surrealist artist. So there's H.R. Giger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Giger. And was the Polish artist. He, he was an influence of Giger's, actually. I used to have those books of his, and some reason I got rid of them like a moron. Then I go to look for them again, and they're like hundreds of dollars. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Oh, com comics, of course, too. Yeah. Yeah, X Men, Chris Claremont, John Byrne era. That that was me right in there. <laughs> you ever get into those uh, Chris Claremont uh, Willow books? I still need to get those. Like he supposedly yeah. with George Lucas wrote these two novels that that whole Willow stuff's based on. That I don't know if they came out before it or during it or I don't know. I think before it. That's possible. I know they're coming out with a new Willow movie. Yeah. <laughs> They'll Chris probably Claremont. reissue those books. <laughs> the books, I'll tell you the name of them. Shadow Moon, Chronicles of the Shadow War, Book One, uh, Chris Claremont, George Lucas, 1996. Okay. Which I don't know when Willow came out, but but they're I think they're like fantasy books. Yeah, I think so, it was before 96. Yeah. I mean, it feels Maybe like it anyways. It feels like ancient history now. <laughs> yeah, I don't see how they're... I mean, I watched the new Willow show. It doesn't look like Mad Mortigan's in it, so I'm kind of confused how they're going to pull that off or what happened to him, you know? He's a big part of it. I'm going to have to rewatch the movie. I literally haven't seen it since it came out. <laughs> yeah, Val Kilmer's character. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, the guy with the long black hair and all that stuff. But uh, I just, I, I had the, I saw, I went to the drive-in for the first time in 30 years and they had that new Top oh, Gun, yeah. which... You know, I watched it, but it's not anything I'd watch probably ever again. I call it Dirty Dancing with Airplanes. And uh, <laughs> and basically, Val Kilmer was in it, and he didn't talk, but he wrote on a computer to communicate with Tom Cruise's character during the, in the movie because he had that throat cancer or whatever. That's right, yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, I guess that's why Mad Mortigan's not in Willow or whatever. That's but right. uh Drive-in's really cool, you know. You haven't been to one in forever. Oh, that was an amazing experience. The last so, time I was at a drive-in, I saw Alien, I think, a year after it came out. Nice. <laughs> My uncle packed us into the car, and we were just sitting there. There was an Italian zombie movie on the screen behind us, an alien in front of us. <laughs> wow. What theater was that? Italian zombie movie? Is it Lucio Fulci or whatever? It was one of those guys. Yeah, I can't <laughs> yeah. remember which one it was, but this was back in 
79 <laughs> or 80. <laughs> I saw like E.T. and Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all that stuff back then at the drive-in back in the day so i hadn't been to a drive-in in 30 years yeah we've got we've got like four drive-in theaters that have been maintained um up where i live in the mid-hudson valley and and the the last uh the last one i saw i think i saw i think i've seen all of the what jj abrams um star star trek re Re, yeah. reboots uh, at, at drive-ins at, at the drive-ins and uh, usually they show um, either science fiction stuff or they show like really bad family stuff from the 80s which is <laughs> <laughs> fine Super cheap. <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's fine you know whatever you know they are, it, see, is, like, it is fun to go to them though <laughs> it is fun to go to them because I mean, now the way it is is that in the the uh, broadcast comes in on like an FM your FM radio in your car, so you don't so you just go there and you, you tune your radio and you just sit you there have and to watch the speaker in your window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and people people do what they always have done. You know, like if it's a warm night, they'll you know they'll put their lawn chairs out or they'll lay on the on on the on their the hood of their car and the day you know the the, the front window and it's it's cool it's good you know? to know some things never change <laughs> yeah 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 this was on fm too and they had a grill got hamburgers and onion rings right yeah, yeah. that yeah. was nice they can get concessions yeah it was definitely a good experience i, I had you know i was surprised it's in alabama but it was like in the middle of the country taken well taken care of uh-huh um, yeah. very nice and uh, I kept thinking about horror movie. I don't know if this has ever been done where there's like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre house in the woods and then there's a drive-in and then sometime during the movie those people come and get you during it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> kill you. Oh, like House of a Thousand Corpses, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you grab all that. The location reminded me of that, but it was still nice. <laughs> it would be great to do a Rocky Horror thing. Put a stage up in front of the screen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playing Jurassic they, Park. They, they do times. have, they do have like, they do have. In fact, one is getting ready to be performed at the uh, at the uh, community college close to me, Dutchess right. County Community College. Every year, well, they they had to stop for a couple of years because of COVID, but right. um, every year they have uh, around this time they have apocalypse, ellipse, mm-hmm. apocalypse, you know, and uh, um, they have a they have a live. Uh, a live a live performance of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and then they and then they show the the film, so mm-hmm. that they have all of that stuff that goes with it. I have great memories of a live performance years ago. I came home with a feather boa and covered with glitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, when I was in high school, this was in the seventies. When I was in high school in the seventies, it there was a place where. There was one one small kind of arts theater in Kansas City, uh, in in sort of you know the dodgy district of town at the time, mm-hmm. that 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 um, ran ro- the Rocky Horror Picture Show twice on Friday nights and twice on Saturday nights, 
And so we would all we would all cosplay, you know, we'd all dress up. I was in high school, we'd all dress up. We they they'd let us in even though we were underage. <laughs> they'd yeah. let us in and we would do the whole spiel, you know, with the I think I think that it got so bad that they had to get like a new movie screen because all of our stuff, throwing all of our stuff at the screen, like ruined the screen at one point. And so they had to then limit like what we could bring in and throw, you know, but um, I, I, I saw it so many times cause we'd go to all four, um, all four um, showings. I quit counting at like 160 something. So I didn't even know how many times I've seen that movie. <laughs> I, I have no idea. There was a theater like that near me that would show it, at least on Saturdays. But that's also where I saw Evil Dead in 1980. Oh, yes. They Evil released Dead. it again. So this grainy 16 millimeter. <laughs> this is, the, this is the original Evil Dead, right? Yeah, the that was the best way to see it. All grainy yes. in a theater full of people <laughs> yelling at the screen. <laughs> Yeah, actually, you know, I really like the original Evil Dead. Oh, I mean, yeah. I like the second one, too. So much fun. But, but, but the first one is just a hoot. <laughs> it's just a hoot. You know, I've always had this theory that Bruce Campbell is really Satan. <laughs> uh, be, because, be. Well, the reason is, is because he, he, does, he can't really act. I mean, he's, he just is Bruce Campbell. You yeah. know, whatever whatever party's playing, but but he makes a deal with the director or the producer that hey, if you if you if you um, you know cast me in this role, I'll make sure that no one ever forgets that <laughs> you know it'll be even if it's really bad like these Sam Raimi films, they'll become great classics, right? So he, so he you know you do a deal with the devil with Bruce Campbell, and by golly, it's true. <laughs> I get it. I can't imagine anybody else being that dude. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't work. Kind of like people like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis. They just play themselves in every they movie. They play themselves, right. Yeah, they're not great actors, you know. Bubba Hotep is the best. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I forgot that about that one. That was great. That, that is a great show. <laughs> I've had Joe R. Lansdale on about he wrote that book, uh, mm -hmm. Joe R. Lansdale. Uh, really good, but what is up with this sequel to uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Shock Treatment? I have that somewhere. I don't think I ever watched it, but are you familiar with that? I've never seen it, but it came out a couple of years after the movie, I think. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. I think it. in the early 80s it came out. Janet and Brad became contestants on it, become contestants on a game show, but wind up as captains instead. I guess it wasn't as popular or as good. It has the uh, average reviews. doesn't look that bad, but I never watched it. I remember seeing an article about it in Fangoria magazine years ago, and yeah. I've never seen the movie. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen the movie. It's on IMDb. I have it somewhere. I never saw it. I think I downloaded it or something. It's on a hard drive somewhere. <laughs> but uh, one year. But uh, they're supposed to be that werewolf by night on Disney. That's supposed to be pretty good, and they're talking it's really good. It's like just one yeah. episode, but I want to check that have out. Have you seen the trailer? The trailer is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're saying it's pretty good, which from what I see, so I'm going to check it out. Yeah, one of my friends on Facebook just said that he really liked it, so we'll see. Hopefully they do some more with it, you know. I've got a, uh, in the tarot deck, I actually have a reference to American Werewolf in London, that John Landis movie. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. One of, the, uh, one of the wands cards has a guy dressed the same way as the main character, 
the puffy vest and his face all mauled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you've seen the movie, you'll recognize it. Oh, that's that's nice. No, I think that's that's really great. That 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 you're kind of. So, do you have a Freddy Krueger? No, we didn't do Freddy. Mm -hmm. I have someone that looks vaguely like the the uh, scream, the, the ghost from Scream. Okay. There's a uh, no, didn't do Freddy. There's there's no Cenobite either, surprisingly. Oh, okay. Couldn't do all of them, I guess. <laughs> all right, exactly. I guess the only reason I'm thinking of that is, you know, I'm rewatching, I'm rewatching um, season four from uh, of Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. And uh, and of course yeah. it has this whole evocation of Cr Freddy Krueger in it, so even you know even the guy who plays Freddy is in it is yeah, in yeah. The character. So um, yeah, he turned Robert up. England. I was like, yeah. wait a minute, I know that guy. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like I didn't recognize you without your hands. <laughs> I always a, remember. A, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I always remember Robert England from that show V with the reptilians. He was like the nice one. Yeah. They take their faces off and eat you and stuff. But go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, um, there's a show, I think it was on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us. Yes. And they, and they yes. talk about you know, the Freddy Krueger movies and Friday the 13th and Alien and like all the backstories behind it and how they almost didn't get made. So that was really interesting to watch. Yeah, that's a that's a great series. I've, I've, I've watched that series. You know, especially, I mean, they, 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 they do a lot of horror films with it. Yeah. A lot of horror. Those were big at the time. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it called? The, the movies, movies that, that made us. us. The movies that made us. I know Shutter has a lot of weird uh, documentaries like that. I forget the names of them, but about movies or cursed movies and crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, on Shutter. Well, they're doing a remake of The Crow now. Speaking of cursed movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering. That dude's a pretty good actor, so hopefully he'll pull it off. Hopefully he carries it, yeah. Yeah. He's also going to be Nosferatu in that new, that Robert Eggers' new Nosferatu movie. He's getting typecast. <laughs> yeah. He's in, he's in a, uh, there's a new one. He just did Barbarian. It's supposed to be really good. I haven't seen it yet, but. I've heard good uh, things about it, but I don't even know the plot, to be honest. I think it's like some creepy dude in the house and some girl comes to stay there and he's creepy. Or whatever. And like Never heard Norman, that plot before. Like a Norman Bates kind of situation. Yeah. But it's supposed to be really good. So I still need to see Glorious. Have you seen that? It's on Shutter. No. Glorious has that. God, what is that guy's name? He's won an Academy Award. A.K. Simmons. This is oh, gonna yeah. get, I'm trying to keep this. Uh, I love him as an actor. PG 13. It's about a glory hole, I guess, in a bathroom. But behind it is an HP Lovecraftian type creature, oh, and he's trying to get you to put things in the hole. And it's J.K. Simmons is the, 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 is the creature. I think I need to get Shutter now. <laughs> Ryan Catan's in it, which I know he was in True Blood or something. But I need to watch it still. It has good reviews, but definitely, <laughs> it seems like in the trailer he's alluding to trying to get the dude to use it. You know, Gloria, you know, but it looks, I'm going to watch it eventually, but look, it's supposed to be good. So seems crazy, but don't tell anybody you watched it. Just keep it on. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I still need to watch those Joe Bob Riggs on Shudder and stuff. You know that I love those kind of weird horror hosts, you know? Yeah. Are these his and old ones that they're just replaying or did he make He's it? He's new on there doing new oh, okay. stuff. 
That's a whole new thing. Elvira has something on there too. Uh, nice. But yeah, we got that Spinguli dude or whatever. I never can say his name right. Is that Spengali? right? Spingali? Yeah, but it's spelled like weird. Yeah. yeah, at the end, it's a play on that. Oh, we I get see. him on me. We get him on me TV here on Fridays, and he comes out, you know, of his coffin with his rubber chicken and everything. That's the only one I know of that's I can watch. You know, that's available. I mean, I know there's other ones in other states, I guess, but those are a rarity. Used to be a big thing, yeah. Someone should make a, I don't know if they have a book with all those people in it just to look through. That'd be fun. You know, just like a picture book with all of those different hosts in it and stuff. That's uh, a lot of licensing rights they'd have to get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. But it's just interesting. There's some on YouTube, too, that have channels, but I don't know their names or anything. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, the hurricane didn't get you. That's good. You're still kicking. Yep, still working. Marketing stuff. <laughs> I was in a bathtub with Michael with my dog when it went through, scared to death in a bathtub, like a metal bathtub. <laughs> yeah, he was he was stranded. I, I remember me and, and me and a guest had to do the show by ourselves because you had lost electricity and yep. internet, and we didn't know exactly what your condition was because it was it was hitting like right right as the right when the show was supposed to go on the air. It was so, that shaman guest, a lady. I forget her name, though, but I know you're talking about. Sonia, Sonia, somebody. Yeah, and she had like a shaman tarot or oracle or something. Or something, yeah. 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 So uh, what else? Uh, when can you, you can't tell us about the tarot yet, obviously, but definitely keep me in the loop when it comes out, Jonathan. Yeah, I, and, I will uh, say it's, it's a little different. It's more, it's going to be a little more, um, I guess, quote unquote, serious. And we're really trying to do like a lot of different cultural references since the tarot is so like it's taken on all these things from Egypt and the Kabbalah and all this stuff. We're trying to incorporate more of those other cultures into this next deck. And that's going to be cool. fun. Sounds like fun. I collect tarot. There's so many different ones. I love the Norse ones. I have a lot of native American. There's like Druid animal. There's so many. You can't even I have some weird Nostradamus one. I haven't even looked at yet. I have a Jonathan Matthews, King Arthur one, Camelot or something. Like, I have so many, it's crazy. Yep. But uh, they get <laughs> well, addicted. That's what the publishers are counting on. They come out with a new one, and you have to buy it because it's different. <laughs> there's some really good Norse ones out there that are awesome, like really good. Uh, I love those. Well, uh, Jonathan, that's uh, Jonathan Hunt. It's been great, great having you on. What's your, your website? Um, my website is huntillustration.com. And you can also find all my stuff on Etsy if you just look up Creepy Eeps. It's the word creepy and E-E-P-Z, where I sell a bunch of prints and books and pins. They're all creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I found it. Creepy Peeps, right? Creepy Eeps. Creepy Eeps. Yeah. Is it Peeps or Eeps? Eeps. There's no P? There's no P. Okay, I pulled up Creepy Peeps, so... Yeah, I don't want to advertise for them. I don't even know who they I are. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I found it. But yeah, man, it's been great having you on. Keep us in the loop on the future, and thanks so yeah, much. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. You're it welcome. Have a great weekend. You Take too. care. Take care. All right, everybody. You're listening to United Public Radio 107 FM New Orleans. 
and uh, it's uh, seven, uh, 8, 11 p.m. Central. It's finally cold where I'm at, thank God. Not during the day, but at least at night it's getting in the 50s. So when it's been 100 every day, that's pretty nice. <laughs> the worst thing is running this damn window unit. I swear, when I was not here, the bill was 300 Now, since I've been running that, it's like $600. Wow. And it's like they price gouge you, and there's some new company. So I've been trying not to run this thing as much. And uh, so it causes it's crazy expensive. I'm glad when the bill goes down. Let me try to turn it on fan. That keeps it from... Uh, being too much luckily you ever had a window unit wham oh no that's what i generally have in fact um with you know hardly any where i live hardly any um in you know homes have central error most people have window units i just took my window unit out because we've been getting down into the 40s at night and and even the 30s a few times so <clears throat> today was one of the warmer days <laughs> Um, so when you run it on fan, does that <coughs> take less of the bill down or is that the same as running it on air? Well, it depends. I mean, it <coughs> depends. Um, the way that my, I've got my, my, um, when I have it in the way I have it set up is I'll run it on the fan once it's cooled inside the room, then I'll turn the compressor off like overnight, maybe, you know, when it's not as hot. Yeah. But but it, it's it's not it's a, well, all that means is it's going to recycle the air that's in the room. It's just not going to pull any air from outside. <clears throat> so um, it'll still get kind of humid in there by, you know, the day during the day. And then I'll have to turn the turn it back on. It's just I, I'm I mostly when I run mine, <coughs> um, I mostly run it on really low in order to keep the humidity down. Because I just can't deal with humidity at all. Yeah, I, I hate I'm it. Just, I'm just not. I'm not geared for. I'm not geared for climate change. I'm afraid. Yeah, that's crazy for sure. Let's. Uh, let me see. Where's the schedule at? Uh, November. Don Brunke. That's some animal shadow situation book. Bernard Bateman, that's synchronicities. And then you come back over eight, November 18, that's Jason Mankey and Astria Taylor. That's that Greek witchcraft book. Mm. Still trying to do December 2nd. December 9th is Naja Lightfoot. Uh, you'll be here for that. She's been on before about voodoo and stuff. Okay. Uh, December 6th, her book's something about juju. Powerful <laughs> juju. Powerful juju. And uh, that's Naja Lightfoot, uh, December 16th, still working on that. And then we'll come back. We'll take a vacation after that and come back on the 6th. So that's the schedule. What was that? That was not for me. That was not for me. What was that? It sounded like a porno. It did. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what is that? <laughs>
I was looking at a uh, flicking some website stuff, but it was not on a porno unless it was an ad, maybe. But it sounded like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> there we go. I don't know. And I don't even know. I was looking at his pay, that creepy Epps. I know it wasn't that. So I wasn't looking at anything too weird. It's mostly like bling. I don't know. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. like, Joe, I was like looking around. Is Joe here? <laughs> I, your guess is as good as mine. I don't know what that was. Now I'm, now I'm embarrassed and I don't even know what happened. Like I heard that. <laughs> well, you didn't do it. So yeah. it's like, neither of I us was on it, so. Etsy. And I flipped through Bling and a few other places, but it was definitely not a porn site. So that was weird. <laughs> it was something else, but it just sounded like that, like an yeah. ad or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, to me, it sounded like, you know, like, <laughs> it sounded like OnlyFans suddenly coming on. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but it has me blushing. And I don't even know why. <laughs> you caught me. I was here looking at porno the whole time during this whole interview. I wasn't, but <laughs> it was funny. Maybe it was an ad that was trying to be funny, and then it was like normal ad or started like that. I don't know. Well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll hope that it was that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anywho, is there a story you can tell for like three minutes? Oh, do you have to go? Yeah, yeah. But I'm fast, so it'll be fast. Okay. Well, I'll just so, tell people about about the website, my website. And what's okay, it. and your audio book. And I will be yeah. super fast, so I'm not going to leave you hanging like for anything right. crazy. Like three okay. minutes, maybe. Okay, All right. okay. okay. So Jeffrey is relieving himself because of medication. So I'm going to just tell you all about my audio book. My new Audible book, which has just come out, and this is probably some of you don't remember way back in 2017, uh, I before the pandemic, I published a collection of short Lovecraftian stories that was available on the internet for and has been, but for, and for some reason has done really really well in England and in Europe. Why? why it hasn't done so well here i don't know but anyway um i contracted michael hacker who we had on a little over a year ago to do an audible version of it and it has just become available and if you want a if you want a free promo version you can contact me at professor wham one at gmail.com and I will send you a promo code for audible. Um, although even if you don't have audible, you can usually get a free trial of something. So it, the, the, the name of the book is final seasons. I love Craftian quartet and it is under the name Waheba Hadia Almuid, which is where the anagram wham comes from. For those of you who are in the know about that. But in any case, Michael did an extraordinary job in narrating these stories. It was almost like somebody else had written them. So um, that, and it's just out in time for Halloween. It's, it's very, they're very much Halloweeny stories. Um, there's only four of them. I think the, I think the audio book listening to it takes maybe about 
three hours. It's not even very long. Um, but he did a great job, and I think you'd enjoy it. So, so I basically talked about my new Audible book is what I did. Whoa. Check it out. It's a good one. Uh, did they ever send you a U.S. code? Yes, what they what they did was. Do you want a U.S. code? Yes, please. Okay, because I'll send you a U.S. code. Not to, well, not to be a dick, but what happened is if you do the, the U.K. one, you go there, but your library's not there. So you're basically just opening a whole new thing with one audio book. And I would like to have the U.S. one so I could keep it with my all mine when your other right, one. Right, I understand. Now, that's fine. Um, if, if you're not on Audible, though, you can still get it and download it. I mean, and if you're if you are on U.S. Audible, then you in order to get onto it to the U.K. Um, site, you have to you have to log off of your U.S. out of your U.S stuff and then go to that the reason why they did that i found out is because um as i mentioned when i was talking the the uh the book the ebook has done really well in the uk and so they have it there in the marketplace and so they gave me a bunch of u.s promo codes and a bunch of uk promo codes so i'll just give you a u.s promo code Um, okay to you so I have a bunch of good ones on that one, yours, and then a bunch of other ones. There was some dude that was constantly giving away audiobooks on Facebook, and I forget his name right now, but I got all kinds of weird ones from him, like Clive Barker and all this stuff. Oh, wow. But uh, I want to see that new Hellraiser. It's got decent reviews. So Yeah, I've, I've heard that it's actually pretty decent. That's what I've heard. I was trying to figure out... <laughs> The, the person that's in it is trans, but I guess she was a man, for, uh, was originally a dude, and now is a woman. Like, I was confused trying to figure it out, and I think that's what I came up with with researching it. Like, it, yeah, she was male. Now she's she or whatever, I guess. It's confusing, but I was just trying to figure out the whole you know, pinhead thing, <laughs> but, uh, I don't have a problem with it. I like Doug Bradley though, but he was nice and said good things about it. It looks good. And it's got good reviews. I'll watch it. But I was just trying to figure out, cause they said trans actress and I was just trying to figure out the backstory, you know, I didn't uh-huh. know. I didn't know if she was male, female now or what. Apparently, uh, she was also, apparently it was a male and now female, but she was in, that Wachowski, some six cent show or something. Weird. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. And you know, the Wachowskis used to be dudes and now are chicks. Yeah. And I always find that I don't care. That's their business. I stay out of it, but I find it funny because all these right wing nuts always say swallow the red pill. And, and if they knit and they probably don't even know that fact, you know, that the brothers are now sisters. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I find I know. that funny. The red pill. They all say that crap. It's like if you only knew where that red pill. <laughs> I laugh about it, but I like the Matrix movies. I still need to watch the new one. You haven't watched the new one yet. I haven't. There's a new one. Yeah. You saw it? I did. I did. Okay. I have I had a mixed reaction to it. There there are parts of it that are really good. There and there and the and the kind of overarching concept to it is great, is excellent. I don't like the end, and 
Um, and you'll know what I mean when you see it. Yeah. And that's just because I'm a bitch. <laughs> I, don't, I know one of them didn't even do it. It was just one of them made it. They both didn't do it. Let me turn off this one light. Getting on my nerves. But uh, one of them did not uh, help make it. It was just one of the dudes. I mean, sisters. Sorry. Yeah, one of the sisters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'll check it out eventually. I've been watching Res Reservation Dogs. We finished that. Uh, the Native American show. I like that. I finished it. Uh, the 10th episode. There's two seasons. Best thing about that is just all the native actors together in one place. Yeah, that's true. Wes Studi, and there's a bunch of dudes. I know another one of them is also on Resident Alien. I forget his name, but he's on. He was the one that got naked that was looking for the Thunderbolt or something in one season. Mm, yeah. That guy's in Resident Alien. Right. I forget his name, though, but I like it. Did you watch it? You saw Reservation Dogs? Yeah, yeah. Greasy, greasy fry bread. You like the fry bread song? Yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> well, I understood it, too. You know? <laughs> I've never had fry bread. You've Everybody never had fry that. bread. You've never had, what they, uh, you never had a Navajo taco. No, but I want to. People talk about making them, and they just haven't yet. It's, we're trying to figure it out. They're, they're not they're not hard you just have fry bread and then and then for a navajo taco you just have fry bread and then you just put like meat and what you'd put in a taco like on top of it excuse me and, but the fry bread you gotta like have greasy a lot of grease to make it don't well, you well, yeah they're deep fried it's like it's basically the same as shaped deep fried dough you know when you go to the fair and you get deep fried dough yeah it's basically that except it's more in a circular shape so it's all puffy, and and uh, then all a Navajo taco is is you is you have one of those puffy things, and then you just put like well you know they they might put beef on there they might put chicken or they might put elk like yeah. the the uh, or bison yeah. you know and and then um, and then vegetables and salsa and corn and you know all that kind of crap on it and then that's 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 a Navajo taco. I watched that little Bone and Mike make it on YouTube. Uh, those little uh, dwarf dudes from uh, <laughs> show. Uh -huh. It's funny because they were on a show, that singing show with Howard Stern, where he's the get a judge or whatever, uh -huh. and they did the Rain Dance song, and they were everybody was blown away by it. And then right after it rained outside. Well, there you go. So they were talking about it on the show. I just saw it on YouTube. I don't watch that show, but I saw those guys on YouTube and watched it. But, uh, yeah, Dear Lady and, uh, oh, the dude from, there's a good show on AMC that just came out, Dark Winds, which is based on Tony Hillerman. Oh, and uh -huh. the, the skinny guy from, the skinny native dude with the ponytail and reservation dogs, that's the cop. Uh-huh. He's the main leap horn in it or whatever. But he's serious. He's serious. But there's like a witch in it and stuff. It's really good. It was really good. It did really well. But I saw those. It was like six episodes, but they're doing another season. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right here. It's like Dark Winds. Dark Winds, yeah. And it did good. And I know a different showrunner is making it the second season, but I have a lot of those books. There's, those books are a trip. Tony Hillerman called like Skinwalker and Coyote 
watches and weird titles that are creepy. But uh, I wonder if Tony Hillerman was native. He had to have been, I would think. I don't know. He died. Tony Hillerman. Io. I always wonder if he was really native. I don't know. Well, let's Maybe not. Let me see. Why don't we look him up? Tony Hillerman. Like a, he, I'm looking at him, but he might have some native in him, but he looks like a white dude. Yeah, it looks like a white dude to me. <laughs> Got some ears on him. <laughs> What's up, bro? But uh, he, he does a lot of good native books, though. Like, all his books have that in it. Wonder what. Yeah, well, he was born in Sacred Heart, Oklahoma. Um, his, his paternal grandparents were born in Germany. Um, He's croaked. He croaked. I, it, it, it is implying that his mother, on his mother's side, they may have been indigenous. And then his wife put out a book. That's kind of native, yeah. like it's kind of similar to his books, which I have that Ann Hillerman. I have her, her book somewhere. Oh, he's got one called The Sinister Pig. The Sinister Pig. The Sinister Pig, for sure. Well, one thing that a lot of people, me and Jay have been talking about is Rings of Power. It's on, oh. you know, the new Lord of Rings show. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't actually sat down and watched that yet. It's actually good. I like, often I don't, see people say that it's good. I, I don't understand. People are just hate it because it has Asian and black like elves and dwarfs in it and stuff. I don't care about that. I don't either, but people hate on it. I don't. I'm like, this is really good. It's almost as good as those Peter Jackson movies. Like it's those are really good, but it's good. It's not bad. And I like the creep there's some creepy like elf evil dude that's twisted leads the orcs name a dare or something mm -hmm. and and he uh they found some weird artifact and put it into this thing and it started to turn i guess turning everything into mordor or something but the last episode was crazy like environmental crazy happened from this artifact that kind of seemed like it was changing everything that was green into dark darkness i guess but yeah it's good it's worth checking out it's got, got creatures got creatures creatures there's a regular dwarf in it that looks like a ginger dwarf his wife's a black dwarf lady which i don't care but that's apparently why people that's why you're upset it's like get a life who cares you're gonna die it doesn't matter it's just a cocoon bro yeah people are weird stupid People are weird. But you should watch it sometime, maybe when it's finished. There's going to be eight episodes or whatever. I don't know. You like to, you don't like waiting around week, weekly. They come out once a week. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I plan on watching it. I mean, it's it's what? It's an Amazon thing, so I plan, yeah. on, I plan on watching it. I saw that Amazon got rid of a Conan the Barbarian show because of male toxic, toxicity. So Netflix bought it. Oh well, okay. <laughs> Netflix is, Netflix isn't afraid of toxicity. They're, they they yeah. they do toxic things a lot. So yeah, I'll check it out. I like Conan the Barbarian, but yeah, those, he's a barbarian. What do you expect? But uh, I'll watch it. I don't know who's going to be in it or whatever, but I've always liked Conan. I have all those books that movie what's that one called 
with Renee Zellweger. Did you ever see that one about Ron ha Robert Howard? Yeah. Renee Zellweger, Ron Robert Howard movie. It's a love story that's based on the life of the Arthur. The whole wide world. The whole wide world. <clears throat> is a 1996 American independent bio biographical film produced and directed by Dan Ireland and his directorial debut. It depicts the relationship between Pulp Fiction writer Robert E. Howard, Vincent D'Onofrio, and school teacher Novelin Price Ellis, Renee Zellweger. It's a good one. Sad. But it's worth watching for sure. I have it on DVD somewhere. Wait, it may be uh oh, oh free with ads on Amazon. Ads. Ugh. But it's kind of weird because he's kind of like real fantasy and kind of, I don't know, a little crazy. He does take his own life. That's how he died. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the guy did Conan the Barbarian shot himself. And in it, he was having correspondence with Lovecraft. Wow. So there was a scene about that where he got, I think, a, a letter from uh, Lovecraft or something like that. So it's it's worth the watch, but it's kind of like a weird love story. <laughs> like I don't, it's hard to explain. I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm looking forward to that Nosferatu by Robert Eggers. You ever see uh, the Witch or the Lighthouse? Um, I think I've seen the Witch with the blonde girl and the black Philip and all that. You know, the Amish yeah, Protestant family yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah. You need to see the Lighthouse. William Defoe, Robert Pattinson, going insane in a lighthouse in a black and white movie, and William Defoe farting. Oh well, there you go. And Robert Pattinson screws a mermaid, <coughs> but it's crazy. Like it's, it's, it's like it almost looks like an old Universal horror movie or something, but it's a lot weirder. But that guy's remaking Nosferatu with the It Clown dude. Uh, Skarsgård or whatever. That whole family is very talented. One of them is in Vikings as Floki. There's the dad. He's Skarsgård. I forget his name. He's in that new Star Wars series. Andor, which I haven't watched that yet. But uh, he's also in that new Dune movie. The dad, Skarsgård. I forget his name. But he's in Skarsgård family. Stellan. Stellan Skarsgård. And then, of course, Bill Skarsgård is the guy that played the It Clown. I could have sworn there's also the brother from True Blood, Eric. He's a, that's a big family from, like, Sweden. Yeah, Sweden. They're all from Sweden. But uh, he's doing the Crow movie next. Hopefully they don't screw that up. I re-saw that crow recently, and it is so good. Like, it's got really good reviews. The one that Brandon Lee died in? Uh-huh, yeah. That's just nuts that he died like that. Like, there was a, there was a, a real bullet, I guess, in a gun, and it killed him. Yeah, yeah, real, yeah, yeah. It's sad because that was just really good and creepy that that happened. Uh, but the Anne Rice interview, The Vampire, is really good. It's kind of intense sexually, but, you know, what is it these days? Everything seems to be going for that 
mark. But as far as, you know, New Orleans and the characters and all that stuff, they do some changing where they turn some white folks into black actors. Who cares? Louie's a black dude now from New like a Creole dude. Uh, the guy that plays Lestat is a creepy blonde-headed guy. They show his butt too much. <laughs> a lot of, lot of ass shots. Ass I still, shot. I watched it. It was good. They changed some things, but the son and her worked on it, and then she died, and I guess he took the reins of it. But it has really good uh, reviews on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty much where I go to look, because there's so many different people, you get an average. Right. You know, so you at least know, which they're not always right, but. So what, have you been watching anything else lately? Um, you know, um. I have been avoiding watching the the that that Dahmer thing on, Me too. on Netflix. Yeah. I, I watched like ten minutes of it and it was like, you know what? I do not want to watch this. It's too and much. It's too much. Um and I you know, I did some reading about it and you know, it's another one of those situations kinda like the crown where Netflix takes true stuff and decides that they're going to sensationalize certain aspects of it. And with The Crown, I can kind of understand because we're talking about, you know, we're talking about a group of people, you know, a class of people in, in the UK that Americans don't know that much about and we kind of put them in this other realm anyway but with Dahmer we're talking about something completely different you know we're talking about somebody who killed people and tortured them and ate them you know it's like you you, you can't screw around with facts and apparently there are a number of factual errors in it yeah you know and it's just like god and and the fact that they originally I mean, they took this tag off, but when they first, when they first, um, you know, put it out, released it, they had an LBGTQ tag on it. Like, this is something, whoa. yeah, and it was like, yeah. whoa, dudes, this is not, this is not about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, I was, they took that off because, it, you know, it was an egregious error. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like, well, let's, you know, let's, let's gear it towards the black community because most of his victims were, were blacks, you know, I mean, geez, anyway, stupid. And it, if you've seen American horror story, the guy that did it, did those and he over glamorizes violence and there's, he definitely over gays everything, I guess, cause he's gay or whatever you tell it where it's kind of old too much, you know? But uh, the violence is definitely too much. Yeah, I mean, well, and you know me. I mean, you know my background. This is too close to me, and yeah. I and it's and documentaries are one thing, um, but you know, fictionalized reenactments. Why do we want to see that? Why do we want to know that? I don't. Yeah, it's too much. I don't. Um, I like the actor that plays Dahmer. He's an American Horror Story, so I know he does a good job. But it just well, well, like the it. acting is good. I mean, that, that I don't. I mean, that's probably what makes it creepy. <laughs> it's that, yeah. You know, 
That guy's a good actor, Evan Peters. I I think of I think I was thinking of the actor, and I was like, and why did you want to play this dude? You know, because Ryan Murphy conned him into it. Probably gave him lot. Hope he gave him lots of money. Yeah, but he uh, there are scenes, things with Dahmer where it shows like in the trailer, and I know some of this is true where. He just gets away with stuff like. No, that's true. I mean, yeah, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, just in general. But as far as like, they show that trash bag scene where he has bodies, but they think he's like it's long clippings. It's just it's like white privilege or something. You know? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if people want to hear what watch Dahmer on Netflix, there's a there's a three part documentary about Dahmer that's part of their conversations with serial killer um, is it Dahmer series. on Dahmer or something? Yeah, well it's called it's well what's it called? It's let me see. I've seen something called. like it. It's called yeah hold on just a second I can find out what it's called. It's One called it's called it's it's, it's called Converse, conversations with a killer Jeffrey Dahmer. And there are actually several conversations with a killer. That's like sort of an intermittent series that they do. Yeah. They did that with John Wayne Gacy and several other people. Yeah. But they did that with Dahmer. And if you're going to watch something about Dahmer, watch that one because at least it's accurate. It's too much. I re- that was the last true crime book I ever read was the Dahmer one. It was too much. I have some sitting around here I just never got to, but it's like that one's was too much and stained me forever to where I didn't want to read those too much. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess, you know, for me, what's weird is that, you know, the, the serial killer that I knew Berdella was active at a little bit before Dahmer was, you know, or before Dahmer was caught anyway. And, and they had some similarities. The only difference really is that, um, Berdella didn't wasn't a cannibal. He didn't eat his. He didn't eat them, um, yeah. but he disposed of at least his uh, disposed of their bodies in similar ways. I mean, there are many ways in which they were very similar and were motivated in similar in a similar fashion. And I've always wondered, actually, whether Dahmer had heard about Berdella. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I don't know if he, he did or not, because, you know, Berdella didn't kill, kill nearly as many people, but it always made me wonder, you know. And then uh, I saw some article trying to tie Dahmer to John Adam Walsh, and Dahmer was supposedly at that, um, around that mall area when he went missing somehow in Florida. And I don't know how true that is, but they were trying to say it was a possibility because the guy that originally said he did it, I forget his name, kept kind of uh, flip-flopping on it up until his death. The guy, that Otis O'Toole or some crap. Oh, yeah, that guy. When he also admitted to a a lot of things that he couldn't have done or didn't do, you know what I mean? He he was one of those – he was one of – I mean, there's no doubt that he killed some people. But he was also one of those dudes that, like, um, brags, you know, admit, says that he did various things in order to sort of brag about what he did. Yeah. So I don't think they really know yet who got that kid. 
There's some fruity girl that's on some of these right wing shows like Dark Outpost, and she claims that she's John Walsh's daughter and talks a lot of trash about him, uh, her own father, like really crazy stuff. Like he's violent and sex trafficking. I don't know. It's probably BS, but who I'm knows sure, if it's yeah. even really his daughter. But but they tried to tie Dahmer into the Adam Walsh. So some, for some reason, Dahmer was in that area, which, you know, nobody knows. But they asked Dahmer and he said, haven't I told you everything else? And he said he didn't do it. Yeah, well, he he, he didn't go after little kids. That wasn't a thing that he was apparently what he was attracted to um, was he was just attracted to adult male physiques. You know, he was not a pedophile. And, and even though he would, even though some of his, his um, victims were rather young at the time, you know, they were, they were old enough to be in gay bars. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, why did he do it? I mean, he wasn't an ugly dude. Why didn't he just like be in regular relationships? Why did he have to do all that other weird well, stuff? Well, he like, well, according to him, according to him, he just had this thing inside of him. These impulses, these fantasies, and they had to do with having power. And they had and uh, he was actually diagnosed at a certain point in his, you know, life um, based on on his ideations as being probably a, a necrophiliac. He had some kind of dysfunction, you know, I mean, he was not wired normally. Um, and he always insisted that it was not his upbringing, that it was not his parents. Um, he refused to, he refused while he permitted himself to be diagnosed he refused to allow himself to be um, said that he was say that he was crazy. He basically took responsibility for what he did and said that he really didn't know. But but he and he fought it, you know, like he had he he killed his first victim when he was 18. And then he didn't kill again for, a, you know, I don't know, nine years or something. And it was and during that time that he tried various means by which to stop himself, including living with his grandmother and going to church and, you know, trying really, really hard to stop whatever those voices were or those impulses were inside of himself. And at some point he just gave up and that's how it's, that's how he puts it. He yeah. just gave up. He just gave up because it was too, <clears throat> too difficult to, um, ignore whatever was going on in him. Yeah, definitely uh, creepy. Like I saw one about Ed Kemper. That was creepy too. Co-ed killer. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some creepy. I still have that depraved book about Ed Gein. I've never read it. Oh, like yeah. those, do I need to read this? It seems like a lot. Yeah. 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 He, well, and he was, he was, you know, he was a different, a completely different case. I mean, it's like he he had a really screwed up family life. I mean, his mother was insane, and his father was absent emotionally, and um, he was he 
was only of moderate intelligence. He wasn't like a terribly um, clever guy. So he really didn't have the wherewithal or the means by which to figure out how to get himself out of his own internal stuff. And uh, so he was just messed up. I mean, like seriously messed up. Yeah, it was definitely... Uh... His mother was messed up, too. Really weird religious stuff. Just, you know, she was Lutheran and crazy. A crazy Lutheran. It's weird how they got Norman Bates from that, because Norman Bates doesn't really, I mean, seen that. They kind of toned it down some, for sure. Well, you know, they... Made him a pretty boy. Yeah, Norman Bates is a combo of, I think, two or three of them, if I'm not mistaken. Just like Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs. It's like a combo of several of them. Yeah, I saw that... uh... Uh, Thomas Harris said there was some gay Mexican serial killer or something that he based Hannibal Lecter on, too. It was like some real, real story that really happened about some dude that was a, I don't know, some gay Mexican serial killer that ate somebody. It's in a book, like an updated version, and there it tells a story in it, in Silence of the Lambs or something, the real story behind it. Uh, Thomas Harris is a weird dude. He put out some other new book recently that didn't have anything to do with Hannibal. I never got it, but it takes him forever to write a book. He must be like pretty old now. Thomas Mexican Harris. Mexican serial killer Alfredo Bali Trevino. Yep. Thomas Harris, born nineteen forty. So yeah, he's pretty old. Maybe like eighty or something, right? Nineteen forty, yeah. Oh, he 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 actually met him in a Mexican prison in nineteen sixty three. He was known as the Wolfman of Nuevo León. Was a former physician from Monterey, sentenced to death for murdering his lover, Jesus Castillo Rangel, and mutilating his body. He was also suspected of killing several hitchhikers in the late nineteen fifties and nineteen sixties. Nice. I love those books. Some of them are better than others, but the new book Thomas Harris put out was Carrie Mora. And I don't know what it's about. Some treasure hunter weird stuff. Listen to this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. In an interview, although Trevino was given the death penalty for his crime, his sentence was commuted and he was released from prison about in about 1980 after 20 years. Once free, he resumed his practice as a doctor and died of cancer in 2009 at the age of 81. Wow. <laughs> ah! And probably still kill people and no one just called him. <laughs> or ate him. There was some creepy story that really happened because I saw Kevin Bacon, the actor, bring it up because the victim's name was Kevin Bacon. What it was, this gay kid answered some kind of personal from somewhere, Tinder or something, went to a dude's house. The guy strung him up and cut off his testicle and ate him. That's a true story that happened not too long ago that was really scary. 
and the guy is very creepy. Kevin Bacon, murder. Let's see. Yep. Suspect Mark Latinsky pleads guilty to murder of Kevin Bacon. Cannibal admits eating man named Kevin Bacon he met on Grinder dating app. That's a creepy story. The guy just went to, you know, trying to meet someone to hook up and went to this dude's house. And uh, the guy just ate him. There's a Rolling Stone article about it. Um, you know, men are dangerous. <laughs> I hate to say it. Yeah, they are. But uh, I'll, there's a whole Rolling, Rolling Stone article about it. That's just sad that people are so crazy. But do you think there are forces out there that try to make people into these things? As I was growing up, I thought I felt something that wanted me to do something like that, but I was never stupid enough to do it. But I can remember like doing weird stuff, torturing insects and weird stuff as a kid. But maybe a lot of kids do that, but it was kind of like extreme. So I was always wondered if there was like a devil or something saying, here, we got a new one, you know, but. I've never killed anyone. I never fell for the hype. So, but I just wonder sometimes there's dark forces that try to groom you. If you look at Russ Dysdar, she was kind of fruity, but had an interesting book called Black Awakening about satanic super soldiers and the devil having like a cell of satanic serial killers that he wakes up and they do shootings, sprees, and you know schools and like yeah, you, know, you just gotta wonder if there's a demonic element, you know? Well, I don't know. I mean, I I. I mean, I people that know me know that I don't actually believe in that. But um, I, I think that a lot of people have dark impulses that, given the right impetus, can sort of uh, that can sort of come out. You know, it's like, um, and once you do something, you know, once you actually begin the process of like moving past those thresholds, those boundaries, uh, you know, I think it becomes, you know, easier, more fun. Um, you get away with it, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I don't think everybody has those impulses though. I think yeah. everybody has dark impulses, but not necessarily, you know, like the, the impulses of a, of a Dahmer or something, you know, um, <clears throat> my concern would be the spiritual consequences. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Are you going to go somewhere worse in the next life, or you go to, you know, hell, or you, you stay here forever? You know, it's too much. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there's a sense in which, I mean, the way Dahmer described it, is that he just wanted control. He wanted control over the people that he that he brought home and that he would do these things with. He just wanted control. He wanted power. Um, but the problem is is that when you when you start just wanting that at the expense of everything else, you, you're not really wanting a relationship. You because you, you can't do that in a relationship. You it's 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 more of a it's a more of a vampiric kind of thing. You know what I mean? You, you just yeah. you just want something that you think they have that maybe you lack or something. And uh, 
and then and it becomes a spiral and the thing the thing with Dahmer is that he couldn't do anything that he did without being drunk or on uh, drugs it's like he if he wasn't on if he wasn't altered he couldn't do it yeah you know he he had a terrible problem with uh, that. he was he was like sexual with them right well to a point i mean my understanding i don't i mean i haven't listened to everything in this documentary but my understanding is that he 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 would be sexual with them while they were being tortured or after they were dead God, terrifying you know we got to close out but i just want to say i saw an article about jack nicholson's biography and in it, he said that he was doing drugs but had to quit because he's having homoerotic thoughts. I was like, it just surprised me from Jack Nicholson, which he's not saying he's homosexual. He's just saying, I guess the drugs were making him feel that, so he quit doing them. Just yeah. drugs can do that. I don't know. It's just a weird Jack know. Nicholson tidbit I saw. It's like, thank you, Jack. Thank you. Guys. I was doing you, drugs, and for a moment, you know. <laughs> but anyway. For for a moment that that sounded like it would feel really good. <laughs> yeah, now I'm scared to read the book. <laughs> I don't want to ruin my Jack Nicholson, my macho hetero Jack Nicholson. But anyway, everybody have a good weekend. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. Good night, everybody. Thanks, Ram. Thanks, Jojo. Yeah. Thanks, Llewellyn. Good Bye. night, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>